you're listening to the Power and Lifting Podcast. I'm your host, Solana Lewis. And in this podcast, we will talk about the sports of powerlifting, what it's like to be a female strength athlete, what it's like to be a strength coach, nutrition, tips to help yourself in your athletic endeavors, and more. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive into today's podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Power and Lifting Podcast. I'm your host, Lana Lewis, and it's just me and you today. No guests, me and you, we're going to have a conversation. If you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and press subscribe if you're into this little chat we're about to have and share with a friend. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, sorry, I did not dress up for this. I really just did not care to. So here, here I am. This is what I look like, guys. All right, so this particular episode is something that essentially people have been asking for because when I've been doing my face, oh no, I'm sorry, my Instagram like Q and A's and I'm like, ask me a question. Lately, I've been getting a lot of questions from beginner powerlifters, which is freaking awesome because my content lately has been towards getting like a newer person who's just understanding powerlifting to um, learn more about the sport and to get them on the platform. And so I'm going to basically answer some of the questions that I've been getting and give my advice about things that I wish I had known when I was building the powerlifting, but also just stuff that like, if you take care of this now, if you um, are pre, what's the word? If you're just active and on top of these things now, it'll only help you out in your training. So the number one thing I'm going to start with is the importance of recording your lifts. Okay, so guys, this is underrated. This is 100% in my opinion, underrated. And I say that because I personally, in my Strong Woman Facebook group, where I have people in the group who are posting their lifts, and that's the, the whole point of the group is to learn from me, get your questions answered. If you're a woman who loves, you know, lifting with the barbell, and to have me give you video feedback on your lifts on a weekly basis. Um, one thing is some of the women in the group told me this week, like they only record one video a week for me, for me to respond to it, but they're not actually recording in general. And that killed me to hear, but it made it clear to me that I need to talk about it because if you're new to the sport, you may not understand why it's so important to record your lifts. As a coach, I've been coaching for years, and as a state referee for powerlifting, the biggest mistakes I see on the platform are people not squatting to death, um, people not understanding how long a pause actually is, like it's an actual full second where the bar has to be still before you get the press command, people not understanding how to lock out their deadlift. And these are things, like, when I tell you guys, when I gave red lights to some lifters as a referee, to people who were not squatting to death, the looks of horror, the looks of I can't believe you were real. Because these lifters truly thought they were squatting below parallel, hip joint below the knee, which is what you have to do in powerlifting for the lift account. They really thought that. And in that second, like, in those moments where people looked at me with horror, and asked me what happened. 
it was very clear to me that they never once recorded their lift. They never saw their death. They never knew what it looked like. They assumed it was too death because it probably just felt hard and hard things. You know, people assume hard things mean they gave something was hard and you completed it, you did it well. That's not the case all the time. And so let me tell you this. I have been powerlifting for six years now and I've recorded every session I've ever done. I'm not exaggerating. I was told very early to record your lifts. And I actually think, I think I got into recording my list when I was like, just trying to bodybuild. I never competed in bodybuilding, just like, you know, lifting literally like by body part on, on a daily basis. And I can literally tell you that I've recorded a list from every single um, training session I've done for the past six years. And it's the reason why I can constantly critique my form. It's the reason why my coach can constantly see what's going on. It's the reason why I know if I'm um, squatting and all of a sudden it's, it's not looking like it should. I know if I'm, when I'm benching, I've made tweaks to my bench press. Like I've been doing this for years and I'm still tweaking stuff. You, you have to realize too, guys, like even if you get to a point where you're recording your lifts and for like a month straight and you hit depth every squat session you have for a month, you don't stop recording them because you change. Understand that if you're stressed out one day, you have a bad day at work, your kid pissed you off, whatever it is, you go into the gym and train, that stress can literally change the position that you're carrying your body in. Like, I don't know if you're aware, when you carry stress, when you're pissed off, like, you know your body language changes. You know when you see a friend, they're mad and you know it. You don't know it because they told you they're mad. You can see it. You can see it in their body language because you're, you get more tense. You start to pull your shoulder blades back. You start to like, just, you know, everything gets tighter. You're like, you're pissed. And so, I mean, obviously I don't know why I'm like yelling, <laughs> like, but I'm getting into it guys because you take that anger and stress and you're like, oh, I'm going to have a great training session. But that anger and stress might literally change the way your form is for your session. Not, not might, it will. It will unless you pay attention to it. I know this because not only have I been coaching for years, but I have a degree in exercise science and I've taken, I don't even know how many certifications I have, but I don't care. The point is I've literally probably spent a good seven months really getting into like movement patterns of humans and understanding like what stress does to like the posture of people and what it can, like how it can change the way we move and act in everyday life. It's not to make me sound smart. It's just to say that I noticed as a coach that a lot of my lifters, their form would just change. It would be great. And then sometimes it would just get not so great for a while. And I couldn't figure out why. And besides me giving them different cues, I had to deep dive into like how to get people to change their positions and understand that their position will like be dictated by how they feel that day. You can give them all the coaching in the world. And if someone is stressed out and pissed off, all of a sudden deadlift day turns into just lower back day and they're in pain, okay? So just be aware, you wanna record your list forever, literally forever, okay? Because if you wanna be good at lifting, you want to probably be good at it forever, not for a month, not for two months. And if you're gonna compete, you want to know that you're consistently hitting depth and squat and deadlifting with proper form and benching and pausing your bench, whatever. So I'm going to move on to the next topic, but I want to spend, I don't know how much time I spent on that, but if by the end of that rant, you are still not convinced to record your lift, um, I, don't, I can't help you. <laughs> you don't want to get good at lifting, I guess. 
All right, document your weights used for each and every set. And I'm not just talking about your squat, bench, and deadlift. I am talking about every set of every exercise you do. But Solana, that seems so excessive. Um, incorrect. Okay, let me tell you. Um, I would say this is just an opinion. I didn't do like a freaking case study on it. But I would say that most people who are into powerlifting, at least they're at a point where they're like, yeah, I want to like get better at this, or like I really understand that like me squatting benching and deadlifting could you know I can really progress in those things I'm gonna get strong because I love this love this stuff um there then you, if you're at that point you're probably already documenting how much weight you use for your main lifts but don't forget the accessories friend if you want to make progress wouldn't it be cool to know at the beginning of your training block you had you know you did split squats at rpe six and it was 20 pounds. And by the end of the training block, you were doing the same amount of split squats at RPE, like on uh, 07, but you were able to add 20 pounds to your split squat comfortably. Wouldn't that be cool to know? Wouldn't it be cool to not wonder how much weight you used the week before for your accessories and not even know if you were able to go up in weights? Because at the end of the training, at the end of the day, guys, when you have a training block, and, and let me back it up. I shouldn't assume you guys know all these terms. A uh, training block is like a, a certain amount of weeks put together, right? And your training schedule that are cohesive and they build up to make like a training block. But it's the same focus for the entire period of time. Um, that training block will have probably the same exercises for that period of time because it's like a micro cycle. So it's a small period of time. Um, so an average training block in powerlifting, especially if, if you have a coach, you're probably getting a block that lasts anywhere from four to six weeks. So that's what I mean by training block, okay? So you're four or six weeks of focusing on the same movements for probably the same amount of reps and um, similar-ish intensities, but probably increasing intensity as the weeks go on, you want to know if at the end of that block, you actually increased the weight you used, if you got better at it. And if you pair that with recording your lifts, you can see if your form changed. You know, sometimes I have clients who like start out and their like specific um, accessory movement like look like dog poop. <laughs> this is the clean podcast. I, you can tell what I want to say. That's not what I wanted to say, but it looks like dog poop. And, you know, I help critique their form. It gets better. And then on top of that, they're able to add weight at the end. Do you know what else is going to do to your confidence? Do you know how easy it is in this sport or even as an athlete who's not competing to be like, yo, sometimes I just want to give up. I don't know if I'm getting stronger, if I'm progressing. I feel plateaued. I hear that all the time, guys. People on my Instagram be like, oh, what do I do if I feel I plateaued? And no amount of content <laughs> that I write about this seems to, in my opinion, I feel like no amount of content I write about that seems to like get the people that there's, well, one, it could be your training program altogether, but two, what if you didn't plateau? What if you're not paying close enough attention to the um, steps you've made? Like, what if you, if you have everything recorded and you also wrote down everything, you can look at past training blocks and literally see, are you literally doing the exact same numbers you were or did something improve? Good chance something improved. And if we're not documenting it, you just don't know it. It's like um, when I had nutrition clients and I first started out doing some nutrition coaching, dabbling in it a few years ago, I didn't have everyone do progress photos. And so they would be like, 
and yes, this is a mistake that I made. I make mistakes all the time. This, and so they would get three, four months in and I would be telling them how great they were doing. And like, yeah, they would document their weight and maybe even some pick, not pick, sorry, maybe even some measurements, but they would be like frustrated. And what I realized is when I started making them take photos, like every other week, when they felt frustrated, they could look at the photos and see how far they came. Same idea here. People get frustrated with their lifting. Like, I want to give up. What's the point? Like, I'm not getting stronger. But you might be, but you just didn't document anything. So you don't know. You don't really know. Because remember, guys, even if you are competing, we're only should be maxing out at the meet. You shouldn't really be maxing out outside of that. So if you're only maxing out once or twice a year, it's easy to feel like you plateaued because you don't get to try to max out all the time. So that's why you need to document your waist use for each set, including accessories. Okay, so please do it. Just do it. All right, moving on. Ooh, getting hot in here. I'm getting into this. It's why I like podcasts. I like podcasts because I can like go into depth and my Instagram posts are like so shallow because I'm limited with characters and no one wants to watch me talk in 55 stories about this. So podcasts are awesome. Okay, be consistent with your training. Please be consistent with your training. Now, let me break this down, right? As a coach, I'm not the kind of coach who's like, oh, if you're not doing everything I say, you're not trying hard enough. I'm the kind of coach that says, if you're not able to do everything I say, then we need to revise your program to fit your lifestyle, okay? So does your program fit your lifestyle? Yeah, I got silent on purpose. I want you to think about it. Does your program fit your lifestyle? Are you missing sessions like two or three times a training block? Are you? If that's happening, friend, good chance your program is not fitting your lifestyle. Now, it literally could be that you're just not getting your butt up and getting the work done. But it could also be that you have a life, you're, you know, stuff's going on in your life outside of training because you're a human being <laughs> and you're not a paid freaking Olympian. Not that our sports Olympic, but that's a whole other story to not to get into. Um, but, you know, you might need to literally tweak the program for your lifestyle. Like if your training program says five times a week and you keep missing a day every week and beating yourself up over it, number one, you're going to stop eventually because you would get frustrated with it and just eventually stop training altogether. What if you just needed to make it so your program's four days a week? Out of five, right? So if you're not able to be consistent, identify why you're not able to be consistent. Like literally sit down in the quiet of your home. If you have quiet, if you have kids and sit down in the ruckus of your home and take out a pen and piece of paper and write down why you friend cannot get the work done, cannot get the program done. Like literally, is it like, oh, my daughter Sally always calls me and something unexpected comes up okay that's a good thing to figure out is it that you all of a sudden end up staying at work later than you planned and now you don't have time to get to the gym because if you identify it then you can change it okay maybe we need to train early in the morning because you can't possibly have something happen at work that makes you miss your session if you train before work if your kids are always calling you and messing you up then figure out if you can train while they're in school like you know whatever it is look at your life and figure out what can i do to make it so I can get in my sessions, but also do I need to tweak what's going on in my program in general? Is it making you so beat up that you can't even walk into work? If that's the case, then maybe it's 
like literally just not properly structured for success. You never know until you sit down and really think about it. So those are to be consistent with the training and tweak your training if you need to, to help you be consistent. I wanted to back up. I used the term RPE earlier and I want to make sure that my podcast is friendly for beginner lifters. So Solana, what's RPE? Great question, friend. RPE is rates of perceived exertion. It is a a way of um, giving someone a target intensity to hit. So example of RPE, if I am your coach and I say you're going to hit a triple on the squat at an RPE of seven, right? The RPE scale goes up to 10. So RPE seven equals, okay, this is, um, by the time I finish out this set, I should be able to feel like I could have done three more repetitions because seven plus three equals 10 and 10 is the highest number on the RPE scale. So if you go to a competition, your third attempt, most people are aiming for it to be a single at RPE 10, right? You couldn't have done any more weight. Does that always happen? No, but still like RPE 10 means like that was the most amount of weight you could possibly lift that you couldn't do a single additional rep. If I said RPE 9, I mean, you feel like you could do one more rep at the end of the set. So I hope that kind of makes sense. Now, when I use RPE, just know I also typically give my clients a weight range. And I'm like, hey, you're going to hit an RPE, you know, RPE 8 for your single. And I'll be like, and that's probably going to be somewhere between 100 to 110 pounds, making it easier for my lifter to figure out what weight they should use and choose. You have a very small range to choose from now as opposed to saying, hey, good luck, figure out what RPE7 means, right? So that was just some insight on RPE scale. Um, I love the RPE scale. I think it's really great to use because if you're having a day where you feel off and not as strong, it's about how you feel that day and it's not a strict number. And if you have a day where you're feeling stronger than usual, you can use that and go higher than you may have planned because you're going based off RPE. If you just have a percentage and nothing else, doesn't matter what kind of day you're having, you feel stronger or weaker, you have to stick with whatever number the percentage is. And that's why RPE just allows for more leniency and is more doable, in my opinion, and in the opinion of a lot of other people. <laughs> okay, so let's move on. We're almost done, guys. Don't worry. <sighs> Nutrition. Now, I'm not about to give you a whole thing, a whole schmeal, because I go on and on about nutrition, considering I coach it. I will just say one thing about nutrition. Friend... If you're not tracking anything at all, at the least, please track your protein. I'm only saying that because when you are seriously strength training, the amount that protein helps, like protein is recovery. Like <laughs> and that was kind of dramatic. Our stuff's recovery too, and I'll get into that. But like, if you're not eating an ample amount of protein, you're going to feel like crap. Like, you're not going to recover well at all. It's going to be way harder for you to get stronger. It's going to be way harder for your muscles to even recover from your sessions. Eat the protein. How much protein should you eat, Solana? Good question. So, at least, at least 0.64. Wait, how do I say this? <laughs> Sorry, I'm dumb. Um... Okay, take your body weight and multiply it by 0. 
And that's the bare minimum of protein you should be eating. Like bare minimum. Now, to be honest, when it comes to my athletes, I bumped like when they're doing nutrition coaching with me on top of powerlifting or even if they're just a nutrition client, if they are a strength athlete, and when I say athlete, I mean, if you are consistent in the gym and you specifically train to get stronger, you don't have to be competing on the platform, but obviously this is a podcast about powerlifting. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, I will try to bump them up to getting in at least a, a gram of protein per body pound because Whenever I've done that, everyone sees better results. <laughs> um, but 0.64 is like the least amount you want to be eating. Um, and yeah, so if you want to actually build lean muscle mass, AKA build muscle, right? You're gonna need to make sure that protein's on point. And you, like, if your protein is super low, if you've never tracked it before, try tracking it in a basic app like MyFitnessPal. You can get it for free and just see how much protein you're eating and then start there and try to increase it if you need to because it's really easy to under-eat protein. But what no one ever talks about is how easy it is to eat the right amount of protein. I'm not going to lie. It's not hard. It just takes consistency. It takes you putting in effort to plan out how much protein you're gonna have each meal and make sure you have it available to you. I used to say it was hard. I struggled with it for years. And now I have a hard time not, like I have a hard time not going over on my protein number because I'm so used to it. It's just like going to the gym. You first started, you kind of sucked, now you love it. And now no matter what, even if your nutrition is trash, you'll go to the gym period because it's like ingrained in your brain. Like it, you feel weird if you don't, go to the gym like same thing in protein like at this point in my career in life I could never imagine not having like at least 40 grams of protein per meal I couldn't imagine the, what the meal will even look like anymore I've been doing it for so long it just takes practice and consistency so get your protein up friends please not going to anything else yes the other macros the other macronutrients carbs and fats matter yes vitamins matter yes um micronutrients matter but this is not a nutrition episode so you ain't gonna get all that today. Okay, we're almost done. We are moving on to sleep. Remember I said when I first said protein is recovery. Yep, that was a little bit of exaggeration. Protein is ridiculously important for recovery, but so is sleep. We can't forget sleep. Now guys, I know I am blessed. I am a single woman who lives alone with a cat. And I have nobody bothering me and I can, and I work from home and I run my own business <laughs> and I could get to control my whole schedule. And also I don't have children. So I, if I want to go to sleep, it's quiet. I can go to sleep. So I know not everyone's blessed to be in my situation, but control everything you can. Like if you're not able to get as much sleep as you need, it's going to be more tough but it's still possible to progress. But I wanna to talk to people who can't control their sleep, who don't get enough sleep because they're doing stupid stuff, like staying on Instagram and just not, or even just not like monitoring their day enough to where all of a sudden they're working at midnight on their laptop and they could have easily avoided it, but they decided to be doing something else instead earlier on in the day. So really push for minimum seven hours of sleep but honestly, as someone who strength trains um, often and strength trains hard, like eight hours is a really beautiful number. <laughs> like, you know, the average, when I have 
when I'm talking to my general population clients who are just training to like make sure they lose body fat or like they gain some lean muscle or they just kind of look good, you know, when it's hot outside and they get to wear a pair of shorts, they want to feel good in them. You know, for them, I'm like, if you get seven, I'm happy. But you have to realize that when we're training hard like this, like when you're on a legitimate powerlifting program and you're pushing your body, like your body really needs that recovery. And if you can get eight hours of sleep, at least you're doing yourself a massive service. It's going to make you feel so well rested. It's going to give you mental clarity throughout the day for your job, for your kids, for your life, and mental clarity when it comes to making nutritional choices, making it easier for get for you to get in that protein we talked about. And also it'll make it easier for you to have better training sessions because you will feel good and recovered. So sleep, if you can, start trying to get enough sleep. Try to get eight hours if you can. How do I make sure I get my sleep? I have to use the app bedtime in my iPhone because if that, when I see the alarm go off and it says, hey, you're supposed to go to sleep for 45 minutes and then it blocks out the screen for me, I'm like, oh snap, no more IG, finish up this work. For me, honestly, my problem is I'd be working late at night because I, I can sometimes not uh, lay out my day as perfectly as I should. And I'm like, oh, snap, it's 8 p.m. I still have to do one more thing. And that one thing may take too long. So using the bedtime app to remind you, hey, you got like 45 minutes. And then you got to be in the bed. Very helpful. That is what I have planned for today, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this because, guys, my mission, honestly, is to get as many people to, like, lift heavy with the barbell as I can. <laughs> like, I just want more people to get into powerlifting because powerlifting personally changed my life. And I freaking love it. It's an awesome sport that's easy to get into. All you need is a gym membership to anywhere but Planet Fitness. It makes me feel strong. It makes me feel empowered. And it leaked, like, it gave me a confidence that leaked into every part of my life. I freaking love powerlifting. And that's why I'm trying to get as involved in the sport as I physically can. And not just as an athlete, but also as a coach. As now I'm a referee, I'm getting more involved um, in some other things. Um, <laughs> trying to get more involved in competitions. Like if it's not volunteering, it could be commentating. I just got a commentating gig at a competition that I'm super excited about. So I can highlight the lifters, especially, I don't know if y'all have ever listened to a live stream for a big USAPL or any competition really, but most of the time, in my opinion, I feel like they don't know like much about the female lifters. I'm talking about like bigger competitions because those are the ones that are live streamed. Um, I feel like they don't know enough about the female lifters as they should, and they, all, they always know more about the men. <laughs> like, I don't know if y'all felt that way ever, but I do. And I'm excited to get more involved in the sport in that capacity too, because now I'm going to be doing some commentating for live streams. And it's going to be very exciting because I'm going to do my due diligence to know about each lifter and to be able to highlight them in some way and talk about them and not just say good job and good lift or bad lift or red lights or white lights. Um, anywho, so yeah, I just wanna get as many people in this sport as I can to lift the barbell. 
uh, especially my woman. Y'all know I have a soft spot for my woman. That's why I have my strong woman Facebook group. Literally for two freaking dollars a week, you get direct access to me, ask me any questions you want, and I give you weekly video feedback on your lifts. That's literally like 1% of what I charge as a coach. I made up that number. I don't know if that's really 1%, but still. So, oh, that's less than 1% of what I charge as a coach. So, yeah, I'm just trying to do my best to get really involved in this sport and get more people involved in the sport. So, guys, if you like this episode and you stuck around to hear everything I have to say, number one, thank you so much. Number two, please, please leave a five-star review and write down an actual review talking about how you like the podcast. That's so helpful to me to get out some more people. And then once you're done giving me five stars and writing out your review, go ahead and shoot this over to a friend or post it on your Instagram and tag Solana underscore lifts in it. Um, all the links of everything I talked about, Strong Woman, my IG, um, there in my in the show notes so go ahead and check those out but thank you so much for listening to the power and lifting podcast and i will catch you next time peace thank you so much for listening to the power and lifting podcast if you made it this far then please do me a huge favor and subscribe and leave a five-star review